Gaming on the Frontier. This is Bruce. This is Trav. And this is Jonathan. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier, your podcast of taking what everybody thought was the way things were done in this game and turning them upside down. You can do that with that? There's an app for that? There is an app for that. always an app for that. There is. Okay. And uh, it's called Do What You Want to Do which has always been the Gaming on the Frontier in all of its iterations policy. Let's see, what else we got here? Um, okay, uh, solid transfer. You know, that is a really weird thing because the idea is, is that you, you embed things in the ground or in nearby objects. I mean, it's like, it's, it's, it's you're like storing stuff. I mean that's pretty much a, a reference to the the Philadelphia project, isn't it? Well, it doesn't. It's not supposed to hurt the object. It just it just embeds it into it and it's concealed. So you know you're like, okay, you come out and you're like, okay, so where's our gear? And then you have to go and either start breaking up all the nearby rocks or um, uh, it says a local object. It doesn't say it can't be a plant. An appropriate sized object nearest the planet side portal. Unless mm. it's a tree. Yeah, unless it's a tree, you're not going to, unless you're, well, I want to hide this pen. Oh, it's in the stem of this rose. Yeah, that's about it. I mean, other than that, it's going to end up being in a tree, a rock, or the ground. Yeah. So, uh, you know, this never seemed very, very useful. I mean, the only real reason to do it was to, like, well, I mean, I can see this uh, because this is supposed to be a portal thing. So I, I just didn't see it as being very useful. It was, it was more, along, more along the lines of like, okay, uh, we're going to set up a base on this world, but we don't want any of the locals to know that we... we so uh, the survey team just throws a whole bunch of stuff through so that when the explorers go through, they can dig, dig it up. Or find it on the other side on the other side of the of the portal because if they leave it on the platform, someone might take it. Yeah. yeah. So I I just always found this was kind of a weird kind of utility thing. Well, then that makes me that makes me think if you're if you are going to include that in your your campaign, then a, a crystal key power should be finding those. Objects. Yep. Bingo. Exactly. Yeah. So you're suggesting there be a new crystal key power, which is find in uh, find embedded object. What's it called again? Find solid transfer item. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's that sounds like a good idea. Because yeah, now it actually makes that makes sense for that to be something that the the Tremelin actually did on purpose. So you could like you know send a vehicle through and literally have it be buried in the ground. Right. And then you could just dig it up later. And when they do that, by the way, it doesn't like fill with dirt. <laughs> it's like a, yeah. It, yeah. It's, it basically it makes a cavity, you know, that this thing is inside of. So you you don't like ruin things by doing this, you know, or you know, open, you know, try to try to get the vehicle out. It says, well, we can't. It now weighs like ten times as much because it's filled with dirt. <laughs> it's, it's like a dump truck now. It weighs like a dump yeah. truck. All right. So. Um, all right, and then the uh, the next one is uh, activate life support dome, fifty foot fifteen foot radius centered on the crystal, which provides uh, normal fringe atmosphere, gravity, and uh, uh, and 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 I'm sorry, uh, and gr I said gravity uh, and temperature and temperature, so. Uh, which kind of suggests that maybe, you know, uh, we said that these things were a result of the fact that the gravity is a result of the fact that there's like, a, uh, it's, 
it's bigger on the the platform is bigger on the inside than on the outside uh, and there's all kinds of mass inside that's actually creating that uh but this actually goes back more toward the beginning where it just kind of said you know where the the, the portals all the portal attributes seem to be just they're just there they're just part of the system you know you have this air that's produced and and there's the temperature is always about 60 degrees you know and gravity is always like 0.96 so uh, and that's what this thing does which is great if you're going out into a high gravity world oh yeah yeah now this thing does not move i do not believe Not seeing it, no, no. Yeah. yeah, I don't think it moves. Uh, it does say it's centered on the crystal, so that's where a decision has to be made. It, either it moves with you, if you have the crystal, or it basically gets created based on where the crystal is when you activate it. Okay. And that's probably In the what second I case, you you literally now can walk around, you know, uh, uh, Mullican, from anyone who knows of Mission to Mullican, the... Uh, how Clement novel where it was like 50 G's uh, at the at the at the equator. <laughs> you can now walk around with this thing, with you know, activated, and you not only do you, you don't have the crushing pressure that would be caused by that. You also and and, and whatever the and or the temperature that might be like really really hot on some of these worlds. Uh, you also have the uh, Earth normal gravity. It would be compensating for that. See, I never knew that there was a size. It just said, this is much like the one that protects the portal at Hatsumi Base, where you hear the the sheets of ice cracking and shifting overhead while you're there at the base. So there was never really a, a size. I'm not seeing it here in the... It's not in the D20? No. Well, then John added it in the uh, Savage Worlds edition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is fine because they're just fine. Yeah, I don't think it was intended to be the size of Hatsumi Base because there is a, uh, a, a uh, I, I think there is a portal function that actually does create that, uh, that life support dome. This was actually supposed to be a key power. Yeah, it is. It's the last one on the D20 list. Uh, keys 4 through 11 activates a portal life support dome. DC 35 activates portal life support dome. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I thought this was like something that was... Uh, all right. I, you know, I, I, I would have to look at it. Uh, I thought this was actually a key uh, a key power. Well, okay. Yeah, it so is. We should, yeah. We, uh, no, I mean as something that you can activate away from the portal. Yes. Okay. Yeah. The, it, way, it, the, the way it's described, what you just said, it sounds like something that that gets put around the uh, uh, around the portal, not you know like the electrostatic dome. Yeah, that's around... that's the way. That's the way I'm kind of reading it is that you can turn on the the electrostatic dome at the portal, but you can't yeah, like that's what I'm thinking you would do. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm saying is that uh, I I have this listed here and. I had this list as existing power, so either John added it or whatever. This is this is a new key power that creates basically a, a mini version of it that is for you, the 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 player. So you could, uh, and uh, so the question there, which is only fifteen foot in radius, in other words, thirty feet across. Uh, that should be cool by me, yeah. Yeah, thirty foot high, thirty foot across. So the question really comes down to: Does it move with you, or does it just stay wherever you put it? Because if it moves with you, then you have your own personal environmental bubble that you can now go into a lot of really bad worlds. Because, uh, for example, worlds that are super high pressure, like you could basically explore Jupiter. Oh yeah, in in my. Uh... In the current Thursday game I'm running, um, Kelvin Universe meets the Fringe Pats. We picked up Josie's Trill character. She was in an engineering team as an ensign investigating the portal I put on Io. So we came down in the shuttle, and my Tremelor and engineer activated the portal 
as he left the shuttle and all of a sudden these guys in the Star Trek EVA suits are looking around going, you know, they're tapping their, you know, their wrist monitors going, we now have near Earth standard temperature, atmosphere, and gravity because Schwad, my Tremelon engineer, activated it and I didn't really give a, a distance per se, but now it's good that we have a particular distance. Because, yeah, you could sit there, it's like dome, not having, oh, I want to make it a mile across so we can explore. And it's like, eh. But I do like the 15-foot radius. Either way, I think it would need to be a little limited because I don't, I don't want somebody to be able to explore Jupiter with this thing. I think. Why not? I'd, or, or, or to explore the depths of a black hole with it. Well, yeah, there's I just certain... Well, see, that it says here... Let's see. Uh, electrostatic dome provides a standard for, for in space atmosphere, including percentage of gases, pressure, temperature, and gravity. Uh, it only prevents the intrusion of dangerous environmental effects, not hostile natives. I suppose if you were to fly in a very small ship... You could fly around with that 30-foot radius bubble around you. It would have to be like a one-man fighter. That's if it only centered yeah. on the portal. See, yeah, that, that's where things start getting wonky there, because you could fly through the giant red eye of Jupiter and, oh, well, I'm in normal Earth atmosphere pressure and, you know... Well, problem is the wind. Well, it says it prevents the intrusion of dangerous yeah. environmental effects. So, right, right. If you wanted to read that, yeah, I just flew through. Yeah, I took my little one-man snub fighter and just flew through the the red eye on Jupiter. Great, it's a hell of a ride. Yeah, uh, I I would probably just leave it static. I would say wherever you activate this ability, that's where the dome is. That's where it stays. Uh, simply because I see it as like a an emergency shelter. Yeah. I, I I don't see it. I don't I don't see it being the way a, a Commonwealth explorers or tourists or whoever would use it to replace like an environmental suit. They would probably just engineer like engineer themselves to be you know able to survive on that environment. Well, it says it can also use to reactivate portals that have been merely submerged. Yeah, yeah, if you find the portal in the like the what is it the North Sea or the the Sea of Japan, the two on Earth Prime that are submerged, because I think we mentioned in the um, late campaign uh, years ago, you, me, John, and Blix, we mentioned about well, yeah, you can use these to create domes and then build domed facilities with submarine pens. That yeah, you could come to Earth Prime and then just take a sub and go to you know a naval shipyard in China or something and, you know, get out there or whatever. Yeah. Right. Right. So, and, and we said that, you know, in the case of the inactivated, they're only talking about that the war, the, the, the portal is inactivated. We know that there's a warp on the surface. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, you know, we, we, when we talked about that, we said it doesn't make sense that it doesn't do that. Cause we, you know, over the years, a lot of things have, have, have been, you know, clarified in that regard now okay jupiter actually doesn't have r really any as far as i mean there what i've been told is they said is that there is no solid center of jupiter it is literally a liquid all the way through so uh if the, in, in that case you couldn't actually explore it because there really wouldn't be any surface for you to stand on with this dome to yeah get this dome over so it makes a lot more sense if you were on like a really high you know, one of the worlds like the uh, the frozen worlds that are super big that has like four or five G's and it's frozen or what like that. And so you can set this up. That's what I was thinking. I mean, you're, I was still imagining you walking along, you know, having to travel. Now, you know, you and you could very well say, no, you can't use a vehicle. Use this inside of a vehicle. It's literally you have to it has to be in contact with the surface. Uh, or you could say that no, it's uh, the vehicles inside, and as you go along. But just think about this. I mean, what the the power? It, it, let's say the ground is like a, a thousand degrees. 
okay, and you turn this dome on, that means that it has to cool everything within that hemisphere uh, uh, as you move along. Okay, that's an enormous expenditure of energy. Yeah. So the GM might say, well, you know, the French crystals are nice, but you know how they're supposed to get recharged? Okay, you, it'll, it'll work, but not if you start moving around in a really bad environment like this uh, and just say, hey, there, there's a limit to it. Uh, it, it again, it doesn't say that there's a... Uh, uh, now, activating around the portal makes sense because the portal has infinite energy. But yeah. crystals, unless you're going to say the crystals really have infinite energy, but they've been, you know, this is a, ga a game thing where we limit them, uh, then at some point you have to say, how much power, you know, can a crystal access? <laughs> because this would be pretty enormous. You know, like I said, you go to a 10G world and you turn this thing on uh, around the crystal and uh, it's it's a lot of power that it's, 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 it's constantly, you know, maintaining or whatever. I might do it. They're, they're tied together. Like if it's static, you get a longer lifespan for this dome than if you start moving around with it. Right. Well, I'm, I'm just saying is that that's something that I think needs to be developed as far as, you know, how much power can you really get out of this thing? Because, I mean, they say you can activate a crystal, you know, I mean, some in some cases they said after you've done this amount, you have to go back to the portal, walk through it, and it gets recharged. Other things, it doesn't say that. Does, uh, does it say that on the uh, cutting torch? Or can you just use the cutting torch reactivated after using it for X number of... Uh, it just says, produces an intense narrow point of heat within 10 feet of the fringe worthy for up to D4 plus 1 minutes, causing 66 fire damage per round. Uh, automatically deactivates when it hunts living fashion, except for Miller. Yeah. So theoretically, you could just, you know, as long as you didn't over overactivate and cause yourself to basically go unconscious due to loss of constitution... Uh, you could theoretically do this all day long. Yeah. So that's a lot of power. So I'm just saying, is that there? Uh, so I'm just saying, is that something that uh, uh, as uh, TriTech develops this, maybe they'll make a decision as to how much power is actually available and whether or not when you uh, if, if this can't, uh, whether or not to actually have this life support dome be something around the crystal as well as the portal. Or uh, is just limited to just the poor because of the fact it can it, it requires so much energy to c compensate for all these possibilities. So you know of of conditions. You know because if you because uh, uh, it's like okay here we are okay we have super high pressure super high gravity temperature is not listed whatever okay. Activate um, a dome. Oh, everything drops to normal. Okay, so the dome's working. So all that pressure and temperature and all that stuff went away because we activated it. Now we go through and it's fine on the other side. That's kind of what I would expect to happen. Yeah. 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 So it's going to be, it's, it's going to be up to TriTech and, and various GMs who are listening to us to decide whether or not they want to add this to the crystal because I know it's listed in the... Uh, if you guys don't know about this, then it's got to be in the Savage Worlds uh, playtest edition. So, all right. Uh, then we have the Summon Train, which uh, is... Uh, we, we Basically, we've talked about it, but as far as I know, it's not in any edition. Uh, no. Which is, it requires two crystals... End to end, so this basically it forms like a a, a dime. Well, you know, you basically you have your fingers on, on on points on opposing sides, and it spins. And the only thing is, is that uh, both of them can't be engineering or black crystals. In other words, it has to be one transit type crystal plus either an engineering, well, actually, uh, or a uh, a black crystal. In order for that to operate, or two, or, or two transit crystals, you could have like a gray, a red, and a gray. See, I always thought it was one of them had to be orange, and then any other of the other one through eleven. That's what I always thought it was. Well, I don't recall us saying that, but it might be because, like I said, we kind, we kind, Richard told us about this, and we kind of like tr tried to codify it ourselves, and 
we'd have to look into that. But again, it's that's Tritex business now. How you guys want to do it. I like the idea of using it for uh, an engineering crystal because engineering crystals were designed to be keys to operate, um, you know, to Mellor machinery. Okay, yeah. like you know, big yeah. big equipment. So being able to call a Tamellan train, and you, and you have to have an engineering crystal to do it. But I think Richard wanted you know didn't do that originally because the chances of you discovering to do this were so low that you know he just said any two crystals will work because you know one of them would surely not be a black crystal because they were almost useless. And and the same thing with engineering, people would they had crystals would at least have one transit crystal. As you put with the other one, so it's it's kind of like a in play. It usually is a problem. It's more like when you write these things up. Okay, so now we move on to new things that I that are weren't in the list that I I wanted to add. But why don't you guys go ahead first because I know you guys added some stuff to the list as well. What are some new crystal powers that you thought would be uh, a cool thing to do? You want to go first, Trav? Yeah, sure. Um, I had two things, and one of them is... One is something that me, Bruce, and John talked about way back when you two came up with this idea of the alternate fringe paths where you go to the center of the uh, alt platform. You put the crystal in the direct center of that platform, and four ramps appear where you can go to fringe paths that are above and below the one you're on. Obviously, this would be like, oh no, this would be another DC-40 function because this is only something that engineers would know, maybe experienced fringe pirates, maybe the old men would know this. And so, yeah. That would be just something. This is this activates those ramps, because we had said that there were ramps above, below, and on either side. Mm -hmm. So it would be the matter of. Well, I remember I asked Bruce this ages ago, and he said, "Oh no, it'd be like a perception DC, like fifty or sixty, to be able to see." the little itty-bitty slot for a key directly in the center of the the alt platform. So yeah, once you find it, then you just put it in there and activate the function, and the four ramps appear. And basically, it would be the ramps would be when your last car goes up, the ramps disappear again, and you're now on another fringe path. Um, my other one... And again, this would be an engineering level function, and this was stuff brought up in Portals 4. Switching positions in a node between the Prime and the Alt-Earth. This was featured in Portals 4. It's how the Tazeel lost seven portals. If you remember that part of Portals 4. Um, again, a high DC, at least 40 if not higher, because it's something that only a Termellan engineer should know how to do. That's how I started my, my Star Trek um, Kelvin Universe Fringe port. Um, my engineer, his assignment for that node was to flip Alt-8 with the Prime to where now the Kelvin universe is the Prime, and here it is, all these fringe warps and portals appeared throughout Federation space. And now, yeah, so that'd be another function. Right. I prefer the term promote, promoting an alternate to a prime. But remember, it doesn't just do that. All the other uh, all, all the other platforms also change, you know. Oh, that's true, because the, the system platform, the star platform. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, because you now are connected to a different universe, so all those ones would have to change, because they're all related to the Prime. So it's a it's a big change, and I love it. I think it's a great idea, and we've been talking, and my group has been talking about it, you know, doing that in certain cases. Especially when they find worlds that are alternates that they really like and they want to develop them more. They're like, you know, well, can't we list whatever? And I'm like, well, it depends on 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 whether the prime is already part of the Commonwealth because they're going to be pretty ticked off 
you know, or uh, if you suddenly make all their portals disappear, <laughs> you know, except for one, you know, and, uh, and and they're like, well, why would that be? And I'm like, listen, because well, all these are going and and. Uh... Oh no, we had a in in our campaign. I think it was me, Jeff, and I think Carrie. We had a decent discussion about, okay, now you have all these portals. There's not just the one on Earth there behind the Riverside Cafe. You've got them all over Earth. You've got them all throughout the solar system. And all the way up to 40 light years away. Yeah, 40 light years away. So some of the, I mean, I put, I think, two in the beta quadrant, two or three in the beta quadrant, and the other five in the alpha quadrant. But even then, they're worlds that you know. Wolf 359. The Vulcan system, Andoria, uh, the Vega system, and a um, couple others. I didn't want to be a total jerk and put them in, you know, Klingon or Romulan space if they were close enough. That would have just been mean. But it was still a good way for people to bounce around the Federation. And I even tied in uh, Breakman Z plays a Ferengi who was fringeworthy and found out about these portals. He was going to use them for trade. And then his two buddies screwed him over, and that's how he ended up getting caught by our Federation team. So now he is a Ferengi working for this this Alpha team of uh, mostly Federation officers. Others are civilians. But yeah, it it's it, it expanded the, the the capability of traveling throughout the Federation because you could get to a decent number of close Federation worlds within an hour, given a decent vehicle. But yeah, I, I thought that this should be a, a function of the key, just obviously engineer level only. So it'd be like a DC 50, just no, no human would be able to do the computations to rearrange universes as it were. I, so yeah, I just, I would I, I, to, oh, make it simple. Hmm. For just for narrative reasons, what I would probably do, I would have this be like the the end goal of a campaign, and so I would probably have it be that the e the easier power that this key can do is it can unlock like the node control station, where then you can use the keys to do these kind of things. Like it's not a, a, an inherent power of the of the crystal key. But depending on the the security level and your and your like skill check, it might open up. A, oh no! To do something like that. Oh no! 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 To do something like this. To do something like this. Rainbow or nothing. Yeah. So you I need think, that level eleven key. Because you wouldn't. It wouldn't necessarily do this function by itself, but it would like raise another pylon on the alt platform. Oh no! No, I get it. I get it. You're kind of like. Yeah. Oh, what's the best way to describe it? And Bruce might, he can back me on my math, so to speak. It allows you to gain root access to the programming system of the past. Yeah. And then from yeah. there, get in and flip worlds. Promote, yeah. demote. Yeah. But that again, that's just what I would do from a narrative standpoint. I, I, no, no, I, I think that I, would I, be the, better. And one of the functions same, yeah. would be uh, world flipping. I think it's a great idea. I mean, it's, it's certainly it should be something that's not available until you know, it should be very hard to do. But I think it's a great idea because A, it doesn't sh completely shut them off. And B, it creates a very a, a very dramatic situation where, I mean, they're, they're, if you go far enough out, you might say, oh, there's nothing going on in this world. It's just a world full of like ducks or something like that. We'll go ahead and grab one of the more interesting ones and do the rotation. Well, that was the whole. That was the whole explanation of uh, in the the OGLD twenty version, where we made Victorian Earth the prime, and demoted that Turtle Earth to an alt. Yeah. That's why Victorian Earth. Yeah, we did that. Then it turned out we could do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we we did it for, for narrative reasons. It didn't make. Yeah, sense. so it's like a reverse engineer type thing. Yeah, yeah. But it also makes sense to be able to do that. Uh, and so, uh, and, and uh, I like the fact that, that Richard got behind us on that idea. All right. Uh, but I'm saying is that when you come into the area that's now considered part of the Commonwealth, then, you know, that kind of, that kind of thing becomes very punitive. Uh, oh yeah, no, I, I see that oh, because yeah. it restricts trade. It restricts travel. 
it restricts movement as far as you know the technicians working on stuff oh no it is a demotion yeah big time demotion and but i can see where under certain circumstances uh the commonwealth would do it i mean you know giving aid and and um uh, aid and comfort to the coptics you know if some if they start, tried to make a an end run and attack try to take over one of the worlds close in it could happen they decide to go with them and say okay fine all right you know we're uh first thing we're going to do is we're taking away your uh uh, you know, uh, as part of our defense against the people you're housing, we're going to uh, make only one of your portals work. You know, but you you could uh, and this and this basically avoids the whole situation where, um, I mean, you know, normally you can do that at a portal, but uh, you, you have to do it like one at a time, and if they have a crystal, they can counteract it. They they literally have to come onto the fringe paths to do this. So if you rotate it, you now have one portal that you have to basically keep secure so that they can't come back and change it again, change it back the way it was. So as a, as a defensive measure, yeah, as a, right, as a defensive measure, it's really a great thing. Um, and of course, you know, whoever it is that you, uh, uh, who you promoted probably is very happy <laughs> about that. So, okay, so that was... Um, uh, I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, now, was was that your idea, Jonathan, or was that you, Trav? I had the activating the fringe wraps and flipping, flipping worlds. Jonathan has a bunch of them that I was like, cocked my head a little. I'm like, okay, I see this. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, we're, we're going to run out of time. So, uh, Jonathan, why don't you tell us what you got? So I was thinking of the crystal keys more as like a um, like a, a emergency survival multi tool in situations. So, so one what, of the a few what's of the in your abilities, Swiss Army key? Exactly. So yeah, a few yeah. of these would be like you could detoxify and or purify drinking water. So drop it into a uh, a cup of water and it'll like just like a reusable ice cube or like a whiskey rock. You know what I'm talking about? You know, and a few seconds later it is. You know, safe to drink for whatever you know creature dropped it in. Uh, it can even get rid of alcohol. I figure. Right, or you could just simply set it on top of an object, and it could either heat or cool that object. Yeah. Um, okay, I I like the once more with feeling. I like the detoxifying drinks thing because Jonathan, you know what you two know what oysters do in the water, right? <laughs> they purify water that they're they're like a natural filtration system yeah. kind of like cattails i could see the because these these keys are all biotech anyways there was some termellor scientists that say you know what we could just put a little bit of oyster dna into this little biotech device we made and oh look you put it in a let's say a glass or a gallon of water you give it a while and it it totally purifies and makes it water now Getting rid of the alcohol, dick move. <laughs> oh, yeah, this I, is vodka. <laughs> Who switched my I, vodka I with water? It's yeah. a poison. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's a poison. It, it Even though it's one we willingly Bruce, drink. Bruce, you hush your mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it technically is poison. I don't think it's a passive power. You would have to say purify, you know. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then, you know, and... You could also use it to heat or cool a person, you know, yourself, you know, as as part of that whole uh, protection thing we were talking about. So you might also use it to lighten an object or make an object heavier. Uh, don't we already have like a gravity wand that I think it was in Portals Three? Yeah, but this would be specific. Okay, all right. Like this object that's touching. I really don't want anybody to walk off with this object, so I'm going to make it like weigh, you know, five tons. The five ton fork. Can you imagine? Yeah, but okay, <laughs> why why is the yeah, okay, this bike's here. Why is it making cracks in the cement? It's a bike. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, why why I mean, you could, uh, it's like Thor's hammer on top, uh, uh, Thor, uh, the lid of the toilet, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Thor's hammer yeah. on the lid of the toilet. Uh, 
Right. So I'm just saying you could also make uh, uh, objects lighter. I'm not saying make, you know, like falling away from gravity. Okay. But just if you had something that was really big and heavy and you're trying to wrangle it yourself, then maybe you could make it lighter for a period of time and allow you to shift it and then it would return to normal. Or especially like, for example, if like a... Um, boulders fell down over the over the cave mouth and you're trapped your buddies are trapped inside you know you go over and you start taking this and activating it and of course it's going to have the same issue if you activate it too often it's going to draw drain off you're going to take damage to your con but um you take that you know bang you know hit that boulder now the boulder can be lifted thrown away you know you can you can get through that obstruction a lot lot faster with being able to do that so uh, you can all, uh, a third thing I listed was glue, being able to cause two objects to stick to each other. And now I'm reminded yeah. of the whole duct tape joke. Why is it like the yeah. force? Yeah. But I mean, you know, things that need to always stay together, you could make it so they always do stay together. You know, or you could make it simpler where you're, you need to uh, walk up this... Uh, uh, rain-slicked uh, rain uh, metal slope. Well, you can make it so that your feet stick to the... Well, nah, uh, not that. But I'm just saying is that you want to make sure that your uh, uh, something doesn't slide away, you know, like fall away from something. You know, there's a rainstorm coming, a flood. You want to make sure your building doesn't float off the... Uh, uh, your car doesn't float out of the carport. I don't know. I'm just saying is that, you know, I can think of times where you might want to glue some stuff together that wouldn't be, uh, and you wouldn't have glue. <laughs> you might be able to do this. Um, broken guns, you know, where things snap, you know, the, the big cross beam that's necessary to close the, the gate to the castle is made out of iron and it broke and you could just stick it together and now it won't come apart and now it will hold against the invaders ramming it on the other side. I mean, I can see things like that. Okay. Um, yeah, Jonathan, you had some other cool ideas here. You want to, yeah, so you did the detoxify the drinks and okay. I like that one. Yeah, and then um, I figured for, uh, because this is something that we have security ratings listed as tourist, so that made me think, well, there are going to be some citizens who use this to visit magic worlds because they want to see magic that isn't on their home world. But they don't necessarily want to be affected by the magic, so these crystal keys could be activated to increase your magic resistance. Uh, for OGL, uh, I would say either 5 or 10 plus your character level. So let's say you're a 5th level character. You have a spell... Well, no, I'd probably say... Because if they don't want to be affected, I would say probably either 10 or 15 plus your character level. Now, is this resistance or immunity? Well, I think it would be resistance. Yeah. So I would say probably at, 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 the at least at the lower levels. Maybe you know when you're talking about again like rainbow crystals, you might get to that immunity part. Yeah, so like the really high level security. Immunity should be against specific things, not against everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think yeah, DC ten or fifteen plus your character level would be sufficient for that in OGL. I do like that I, one. I could see various levels where it's like. A low level of, you know, you get like a, a low level passive resistance because maybe you're visiting this world and you want to have some magic done on you. Maybe you want to have fly cast on you. Right. Well, I think it's something you should be able to turn on and off too. But yeah, yeah you, you also can turn it on and, and say, all right, I'm, I'm done with magic for a little while. Let me turn this on and, and have that resistance for a while. Uh, I've also ha had uh, disease resistance. Uh, 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 remember, you get cleansed of all diseases once you go back through the portal. Right. Once you get back to, I'm not. That's why this isn't a, a a disease cure. This is an immunity to disease. This is just you're buffed a little bit. It's to help you get back to the portal. A plus. Okay. Then I would have this as a maybe a plus three or plus four to your yeah. fort save versus disease. Right. It's not a. It's not yeah. going to be the cure all that the portal is. It's a. All right. Well, let's keep you alive until you get to the portal. 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I like magic resistance being added, like we have the defense, you know, functions. You know, either added to the defense functions or at have a, a separate defense function that does this too. So yeah, I like that. Um, we uh, uh, now we one of the things that hasn't been in those defense functions is a material shield. So we don't have anything that protects you against force or bullets or anything of that kind. So what do you think about adding in some kind of protection just against anything? I, as long as it's activated, certainly. I don't, I don't think I'd necessarily want it to be a passive ability. Oh, no, yeah. I, I would have it like the shield spell, where it gives you a yeah, plus four deflection bonus to AC, yeah. and, you know, you just have the key, and all of a sudden this force shield appears like, you know, a normal shield, and just, oh, you're getting shot at, you know, the bullets bounce off, or, you know, the arrow bounces off, or whatever, you know. Right, well, you have the you know, defensive modes, the defensive functions that do, like, electrical and burn and other like that. Well, you could have one that basically is kinetic, you know, you could absorb 10 points of kinetic energy. Uh, yeah. So, you know, it's it's just another option because it's not listed. Um, and uh, I don't know why Richard didn't include it in the beginning, but I'm just saying is that if, if somebody wanted to add it, uh, it, it's, it's, it makes no more, it, it's no worse than the other and things. And I'm now thinking of the shields from Dune. Oh, the, the, the oh, okay, yeah, the, yeah. The, the slow, yeah. the slow shields. Yeah, like the, anything fast is, is yeah, blocked. The slow, slow, the slow, can the still slow make knife gets through. Yeah, right, right. Well, sure, any kind of a shield could be like that. You know, um, okay. So I, I like the idea of a material shield as as, as being an option as well. I, I I do like this one of a first aid level healing where just it's enough to get your ass moving again. And that would just be like cure light wounds, like 1d8 plus your level. Uh, enough to just, stop you bleeding. Right. <laughs> Obviously, you'd have to, that would be an active thing. In other words, now, could you use this with other people? Could you be holding the key and lay hands on, like, a team member who's been shot enough to, like, stabilize them and get them moving? I would think Or is it so. just for yourself? I would think so. I think because yeah, if it, it, it considering it being an active thing, I'd say yeah, you could. I honestly almost see it like a cutting to, like a cutting torch feature. Like it is a range thing, but instead of doing damage, it does a little bit of healing. Like you point it at that that nasty gash on their arm, and it and it starts sewing it up, you know, with energy and okay. And I like the radio and radar jamming and make it as an E. Well, I mean, you could have it in levels. Lower yeah, level like keys, it's just jamming. You mess with the computers. You mess with Wi-Fi. You, you stop radio communication. Yeah, the higher level ones. You. Yeah. Yeah. The higher level this ones, no. It's just like a 30 or 60 foot EMP. It kind of mimics the function of when you go through a portal and it wipes out all your electronics, exactly, it just does yeah. that in a radius form. Yeah. Then it's to, to hide you again in, in case you're being hunted by a, you know, information age tech, uh, civilization yeah. for some reason. And then the last one I had an idea for was um, in case you're injured and you cannot get back to the portal, you have a, an emergency beacon. It, you could have it send out a telepathic message that, you know, such and such a few miles radius that other fringeworthy could hear. Yeah, like the sending spell or the message spell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 25 words in one round's time. Yeah. Well, why, why does it have to be fringeworthy? Why couldn't it be any, um, uh, any willing recipient, you know, knows that you're, you, you need help and can come to your aid? I'm thinking of this... I, well, you could do that. I think it, you could uh, sort of target it. I, I was thinking of this more in the sense of like early Commonwealth, like Termellan Commonwealth um, surveyors looking at a new world that just got, an, got added to the path. 
I like it if you want to do it with non-fringe worthy. It would be either for Savage Worlds, you got to have a higher level edge, higher level DC for OGL. You could do it with non-fringe worthy. It's just harder to do. And let's say you take yeah. two con points instead of one. Something because like you're that, having to yeah. use more energy to get into a non-fringe worthy's mind because you're hacking a different quantum signature. I, yeah, I can see that. Because again, that's like okay. it's more of like this would be almost like an uh, like I, a reason I call it an emergency beacon because it would also I honestly see it as something that would you would just set it down and it would repeat. You send your message and then every time frame of like a few hours, uh, an hour or two, or maybe once a day. It sends out this psychic message saying, "Hey, help! I'm over here." Because <laughs> I, I hmm, again, okay. from a narrative standpoint, I can see a story where the people of this uh, village are having, or, or one or two individuals within this village, or considering the rates are fringeworthy, just one individual in the village is having a night nightly dream about this person asking for help, stuck in a cave. Yeah. And then when the fringeworthy explorers get there, they they start having that same dream. Okay, well that's 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 cool. It it, it goes in the dream cycle. Sure, that would be interesting. Uh, Trav, what do you got? I I only came up with the two that I had: the activating the fringe wraps and uh, flipping worlds. Those are the two that just. And, and folks, this has been a topic that Bruce and I think we even had this back in the day when John and Blix were there. So this has been a subject we've been wanting to do for, and damned if I could only think of those two things. <laughs> Flipping worlds, ramps, that's it. Just those are the two I'm like, those would be cool. Okay, well, I got a bunch more things uh, that, since you guys had your chance. All right. Uh, uh, detect Commonwealth item. How many t you're going through, you're always trying to find Tamelar artifacts and things like that. Finding more keys. Well, more keys, more like uh, more those artifacts that that you find, you know, uh, on that they're actually Tamelar devices, you know, like the the hair combs and but I mean things other things. I'm just saying is that there are things that were made by the Commonwealth might have been taken to a world, you know, in and now that it's like, you know, a thousand years later and everything's covered over with, with uh, landfills and whatever not, you know, maybe it would help you find those items that are actually important but may not look like anything. I, I like it, but I, I would, I would personally, I would probably severely limit this to only Commonwealth items that made use of the, the engineering keys. Well, that that would that would be a restriction if you wanted it. I mean, something that requires a a key to operate, you can now detect it at a distance. Okay. To me, finding these artifacts is like part of the the joy and part of the thrill. And if I mean, granted, even if it's super high level, getting to that point where it's finding it is simply activating a key power. I mean, granted, getting it might be a challenge. Yeah, I mean, it's, it lets you know that it exists, at least, you know, because a lot of people, they go through the portal, they look around, and they say, eh, it doesn't look interesting to me. And they leave. And they, like, they miss, you know, a, a mile away was a spired city out of, you know, uh, the Martian Chronicles. I mean, it's, it happens all the time. And if they had the ability to come out and say, hey, I got a reading, or hey, I can detect a Frenchworthy. I mean, anything like that, I think, is it, it helps drive the narrative. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think what I would do for that in my game is I wouldn't have that be a crystal key power. I would have that be something some innovative like fringe pirate or something whipped up, and it would be a totally separate device. But yeah, I get, I get to see. I see the. I see the point, and I and I I, I agree. I'm just thinking, how would I work this into my own campaign? Right. Okay. All right. Moving on. Uh, enhanced duration. You know, all these things that have a duration on them, maybe they could be longer. You know, with a with an additional edge or or uh, with a enhanced version of whatever it might be. You know, uh, just like you know, you can. Uh, a lot of games have like increased duration as a as a feature of, of, 
an advanced version of a spell or whatever, this, you know, you might make that available as well, you know, uh, as a, as a, is either a general key power or an enhanced version of that particular key power. Um, cause there's lots of things that I think don't last long enough <laughs> that, that are, that are being used like that. Um, okay. Um, then we have, um, oh, this is from one of my players. Uh, he's a particularly uh, devious fellow, and he wants the ability to activate the fringe path defense system against near, a nearby target of his choice. Oh yeah, that would be a high DC function, because you're basically perverting that auto defense as you're trans, transiting through to activate in another way. Yeah, that would be at yeah. least a DC 35. You're just simply telling the system that that person is a threat without it, but that person actually doing something that would normally trigger it. Yeah, as I said, yeah. you're making it go outside that deep core programming. So yeah, that'd be a pretty high level. Yeah. You know, I would think, it, I mean, I might personally consider it to be admin access because, you know, like the Tameller, the old Tameller, okay? They, you know, when they're on the fringe, I mean, I, I, people would attack them and things like that in some of the stories I would hear from Richard, okay? And they never seem to take any damage, but at the same, and of course, if you never take any damage, there's no reason, no reason to defend yourself. But if you were taking damage, you might want to suddenly, you know, like, bam, like, you know, uh, like in Star Trek where everybody in that... Uh, uh, a, a piece of the action where everybody in the entire city dropped unconscious because they got stunned from space. Well, you might want to do that. So you might um, you might either, as a GM, you might either say, hey, you could do that, but it's only going to be stunning damage rather than, than the 100 points per round of damage that it normally delivers. So, I mean, or you could let, let them do it. I mean, it just depends. But of course, what's good for the goose Good for the gander. You can expect that when, as soon as you introduce that into the game, you can expect it to be coming at you. So, uh, all right. This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there. So go explore them. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts. It is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license no commercial reproduction and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.